Hello there, and welcome back to week four of our Halloween movie month with the dicks in the back row, where we make fun of the good movies and trash the bad ones. I'm your co-host, Max Healy, out in Nashville, Tennessee. And in Boston, we have the future Chief Justice, who will deny ever being a part of this podcast 20 years from now, the Honorable Mr. Mike Preble. How are you, sir? Doing very well, Max. Doing very well. I have a, a lot of Sour Patch Kids that I'm eating, so I'm very happy. I'm sure they're going to sound great over the microphone, too. <laughs> and also in Boston, we have the future get-a-job-killer, Tim Begin. So after seeing this movie, Tim, or what's, your, what's your rage on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, to be honest, uh, I have to say that I'm going to I'm gonna have a very different take on this movie, but I'll leave it at that, and we'll, when we get into it, we'll, we'll find out. Ooh. Okay. And we also have Derek Brady back in the comforts of his Motel 6, just coming back from Chocolate Land, and now he's in uh, one of the most uh, depressing, probably probably most depressing parts of the country in Gettysburg. So, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm in a haunted motel. I went to Hershey Land today. Uh, you know, it's just a great time to be alive. Unlike a lot of the people that were in Gettysburg. Okay. <laughs> Boom. Well, <laughs> yeah. Bunch of Americans getting killed. Okay, so last week uh, we did the instant classic Halloween from 1978 that spawned a million slasher knockoffs, and this week we decided to do the redheaded stepchild of the franchise uh, that only recently started whoa, getting a whoa, little bit of love. That, Tim, I need you to just stand up for yourself. I was about to let Max finish, and then I was about to <laughs> unleash the the fury of all redheaded people in, in the uh, the country onto him. So. <laughs> That's the get-a-job-killer. He just patiently waits until he just fully explodes. <laughs> exactly. He'll let, you, mm-hmm. he'll let you have seven trips to the unemployment office before he kills you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the movie that we did, though, is 1982's Halloween 3, colon, Season of the Witch, directed by Tommy Lee Wallace and starring Tom Atkins, Stacey Nelkin, and Dan O'Herlihy. Herlihy. Herla- I know what you're all thinking. Herlihy. Yes. <laughs> yes, that Tom Atkins. <laughs> Yep, okay, well... God damn it. Fuck you guys. Good start, Derek. Just take a time out for a little bit. All right, so um, I'm sure that uh, Tim and Preble will have some questions since, uh, you know, they, I don't think they've ever seen this movie before. I know Derek and I have mentioned it a few times, but I uh, just figured just before we get into the plot, let's go over a little bit of the background. Uh, since the trailer of this movie and the movie poster have absolutely nothing to do with the actual movie. And um, even more importantly, out of the 11 Halloween movies, this is the only one that doesn't feature Michael Myers. So a couple of head scratchers, I'm sure. Um, So just real quickly, uh, Halloween 2 was released exactly a year uh, with most of the original cast and the crew returning. Um, However, no one really wanted to make the movie, so just to ensure that there wouldn't be, you know, another one, Carpenter just wrote the script while drunk and had Michael Myers and Dr. Loomis burning to death in an explosion at the end of the second movie. Uh, so the following year, the producers went back to Carpenter and Deborah Hill, asking them to make a new movie, and they they agreed to do it just under the conditions that it wouldn't be another sequel and that Michael Michael Myers uh, wouldn't return and that would just remain dead. Um, because pretty much what they wanted to do is just turn the franchise into an anthology series using Halloween as their banner, kind of like American Horror Story now. Um, but instead, it just pissed everybody off and it bombed at the box office. <laughs> So, a little background, too, on the director, Tommy Lee Wallace. So, he was buddies with John Carpenter growing up. They went to high school to, uh, together in Bowling Green. They both went to uh, film school at USC, and uh, they were both in a band together as well. Um, 
And just as mentioned too, in just our last episode as well, uh, he was the production designer, co-editor of the original movie. He also wore the mask for the famous closet scene too. <laughs> and uh, they originally asked Wallace to direct the second movie, uh, but he didn't like the script and said no, but agreed to do the third one <laughs> after he was just told that it was going to be a brand new story. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that poor bastard. Yeah, poor choice by uh, old Tommy Lee doing his first movie, and this is going to be this one. Uh, he also did direct the... Uh, the original It series on TV as well. All right. I like that. Yeah. So you had a makeup okay. call, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, do you guys want me to get into the movie, or Tim, do you want to just start, you know, unleash that rage onto me right now? <laughs> no, I want to I wanna make sure that um, it's no one sees it coming, so let's just get into it, Max. <laughs> Go let it simmer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, the movie starts off with John Carpenter's super awesome early 1980s synth score. And you're looking at this TV screen with a bunch of lines moving all over the place. Uh, But what could those lines be? Well, they're a jack-o'-lantern because this is a movie that takes place during Halloween. It's it's an MS-DOS opening credit scene. Uh, I do love this music, though. I oh, hated it. It's fucking awesome. That, I, oh, I think I this it. may be the worst credits in Me any movie I've ever seen. Like first, you get a 1994 MS DOS computer screen, and then seizure-inducing. Yeah, way ahead this time. Oh, <laughs> oh god. Um, yeah, so the movie then opens up in Northern California on October 23rd with this older man, Harry, running down the street from a car full of suited men. And he's hiding in this junkyard when one of these suited men, who's stronger than he appears, just comes out of nowhere and just starts choking him out. Harry's able to get a block um, from this car nearby loose, and it just slowly just rolls towards the suited man and then crushes him. That, that reminded me of the, the scene from Austin Powers. with like the... <laughs> no! Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, that, plenty of time to get out Stop! of the car and just stared at it. Yeah, that was hilarious. I was thinking, like, when... Was Christian Bale and Psycho about to die right here? It was kind of crazy. <laughs> I, know. I was going to say, what an elaborate plot. Like, I think it's so... Right. I always think it's so interesting when people that are being literally strangled are, like, still have the mind, at least in the movies, to, like, you know... Uh, create some contraption that helps them save the day for themselves as opposed to just screaming and trying to like get these people's hands off their throats you know just panicking and flailing their arms (laughs) i feel like if you're a man and someone strangles what's that me strangling okay okay so here's here's the thing guys no i was was gonna say if you're a man and someone's strangling strangling you like that with like their hands on top of you and you can't get out of that then you deserve to die. I mean, it's one thing if it's like an MMA fighter who's got you in a headlock, but I mean, the front strangle, that's like, that's amateur strangling right there, you know? That's just natural selection, essentially. That's a, yeah, that's exactly right. That's a low percentage strangle. I don't know how I know that, but it's a low percentage strangle. That's a great term, a low percentage strangle. Like Tim's thought about this and like made data sets. Be like, oh, that one was 6%. He's got some I would tables. I would never do that, and if you guys went into my Google Drive, you would never find an Excel sheet that would bear those stats out. But, so don't look on there. Terrible trajectories. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Harry does grab this pumpkin mask though, and then he runs into the night. So we cut one hour later at this gas station with this Sammy Davis Jr. looking dude just uh, watching the Stonehenge news report about uh, one of uh, the stones just being stolen. And then they cut to commercial, and you hear the Silver Shamrock London Bridges song for the first time out of Fuck like this fifteen commercial. times. Fuck this commercial Ooh. so many times. <laughs> there it is again. Anybody want that? 
Well, it's it's so much like the the commercial in Child's Play, just this repetitive insanity. And I feel I feel part of it. It was this, this town was so oblivious to everything that was going on that they needed someone to tell them how many days until Halloween perpetually throughout this movie. <laughs> I actually wrote that down. They said there's eight more days to Halloween, and also so the narrator is Tommy Lee Wallace, a director who's narrating all these commercials. Yeah. But as he said, there's eight more days of Halloween. I just paused the movie, see how much time was left, and there was still like 90 minutes. Just like oh, fuck. <laughs> I also just thought it was hilarious that this company is literally putting the money into just making like a new commercial every for every day. Dude, the marketing budget for this company. The marketing budget for this fucking company. Every time a TV is turned on in this fucking movie, that commercial's on. No matter what channel it is, that commercial's on. Do you want to know what, guys? All right, here's where the rage comes out. (laughs) Mr. Cochran is a good businessman. Mr. Cochran is a good American. He's a fucking immigrant from Ireland coming over here and making jobs for Americans. He's putting fucking (laughs) Americans to work. Get a job. You know what? This is an indictment on lazy Americans who don't want to fucking get a job with Mr. Cochran. That's why he's out here killing all these people. Because they're all lazy. We all know the Irish are famed for their work ethic. I thought they're famed for it, Mike. Thank you very much. From eleven to one o'clock, they are just right on there. I'll tell you what, guys. Sleeping off the hangover. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. He's a marketing genius, and he's just out there putting people to work. See, I disagree. I felt like Cochran in this movie was the equivalent of Brad Wesley, the the bad guy in Roadhouse. He, he owns this town and no one knows why. How dare you? How dare you say that about Cochran? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why the SEC isn't looking into, looking into this. Because later on, there's like a little side thing of him being like, oh, $46 a share. That's wonderful. <laughs> it's like you guys are selling three masks. Which, that, yeah, yeah, that's another thing. This, this is supposedly this Halloween costume conglomerate. And they sell three fucking masks nationwide. The big three. That's it. (laughs) An even more impressive statistic, I would say. This guy's selling masks. He's like fucking in the Fortune 500, you know? It's like, this is an impressive businessman putting Americans to work. I don't know what you guys are complaining about. Get a fucking job. Get a job. Thank you, Derek. Anyway, so back to this movie. Sammy Davis is just looking around the shop because he heard a noise, probably uh, John Carpenter's synth key, because it sounds like an arcade laser firing. Uh, When Harry just jumps at Sammy Davis and mutters, they're coming, and then just passes out while holding his jack-o'-lantern mask. (laughs) Yeah, that that was horrible acting, too. Just terrible acting. They're coming. Uh, right. Uh, and he pulls out the mask to like show it to him. Uh, God damn it! <laughs> this movie fucking sucks. <laughs> so Sammy takes Harry uh, in, with his tow truck to the hospital, and then as they drive away, another suited man watches them drive by, and then you get another carpenter. <laughs> so then after this, you do meet Doctor Daniel Chalice, who is a barely functioning alcoholic detective doctor, just stumbling so, home to see his ex-wife and his kids. From here on out, can we just call him Dr. Sexy? Because I feel like that's... He, he, he is the most irresistible Dr. man Love. in this town when while being just an absolute travesty as a person. He fucks uh, everything in this movie. He is just a hot mess. Mm. And that must I don't know. He yeah. seems like a pretty reasonable guy to me. <laughs> this is a hardworking American right there just trying to blow off some steam at the local bars. Yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. He's got a good job. He's making. He's bringing in money. He just needs to go out and blow off a little steam, guys. This is. I again. I, I have a totally different take of this movie than you guys do. My favorite scene in this movie that bunch really of hardworking Americans just trying to make America work. My, That's my, exactly right, Max. My favorite scene that related to this doctor in this movie was when he's like first getting in the car with what's her name, and he has like a six pack of Miller High Life on yes. top of the on top of the phone booth. He finishes this call. He's oh, like, yeah. well, I can't leave home without this. Oh no, he he knows what he was doing. <laughs> this, this is medicine. His, he knew exactly like the steps he needed to take in order to uh, to complete his goal. We'll we'll get to there though. <laughs> yeah. So back to this drunken failure of a father. So he just comes home with his like three or these two uh, shitty Halloween masks and a brown paper bag that he probably just reused after buying a fifth of bourbon on his way home. <laughs> <laughs> and his. His, so his wife, who's like this, you know, kind of a nagging bitch throughout this movie. Um, she's played by Nancy Keys, who was Annie in the first Halloween movie. Yes, exactly. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. So she was married to uh, Tommy Lee Wallace at the time. Oh, okay. Ah. It's kind of weird though, because her stage name was Nancy Loomis. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Doctor Loomis. That's hilarious too. Oh my god. Yep. Uh, but these kids, though, after he gives them these shitty masks, they just like immediately just throw them to the ground and pick up the purple sham- not purple shamrock, silver shamrock. I think purple shamrock's a bar in Boston. <laughs> All right, um, <laughs> and uh, right on cue, uh, the commercial comes on for the second time. Uh, so then Dr. Dan gets a uh, beeper call to go back to the hospital uh, because Harry's just been admitted, to which his ex-wife gives him shit, which is kind of uncalled for, uh, just because he works. Just because, like, I, I work in healthcare field, I think a lot of people just know that doctors are typically on call, and if you know, there's going to be a slight chance that they actually might have to go into the hospital to do their job during that night, right, Tim? <laughs> That's exactly right. But she's kind of like, "Oh, right, another call, boy. I guess you better go back to the hospital then." It's like, "Yes, sweetie, I'm a doctor. That's where I work." I say people. Owen's a, com- yeah. a communist. There's a reason she's his ex-wife. Yeah. Definitely not him fucking everybody on staff. No. But uh, so they bring uh, they bring Harry through the hospital, and at first he's unconscious. But after uh, the Silver Shamrock commercial comes on again for like the second time in literally twenty seconds of this movie, he just wakes up and whispers, "They're gonna kill us, all of us." And then uh, so Doctor Dan, Doctor Sexy, Doctor Love. Dr. Rapey, he's extremely lucky that he's working in 1982 and not 2018. Well, hold on. Before we go too much further, one of my favorite parts, one of my favorite scenes in this movie, it was very subtle, but it was when the the guy, you know, he says, they could kill us, all of us, and the black dude from the gas station, like, slips out the back, like, fuck this shit, man. Fuck this. He's like, so I can go. It's like slowly walking back. And also, doctors typically don't treat patients even when they're on call and, like, Blue jeans and a western cowboy shirt, right? Yeah, half in the bag. <laughs> All right. That's a real American doctor right there. <laughs> but uh, right after Harry is uh, sedated, he then asks a 60-something-year-old nurse to take a nap with him, and then he just goes and grabs her ass. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was a different time, Max. <laughs> I feel like even for the 80s, that was overtly, like, sexual harassment. Oh, yeah. But, um... Just the, then, it just the, the line that the uh, the nurse says just makes me immediately think of Talladega Nights when she just goes, "Careful now, I play for keeps." <laughs> <laughs> and then that also just made me think that John C. Riley kind of looks like Doctor Dan in this movie too. He kind of does. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit! 
so right after this uh, Me Too movement uh, or mo- uh, this Me Too moment happens, um, one of the suited men just stiffly walks into Harry's hospital room, grabs him by the mouth, digs his fingers so deeply into his eyes that it just automatically ages Harry by like thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> what did he do? Did he break his nose? Like what happened there? Did he melt That's what his I was brain? Thinking. That's, yeah, like he, like he dug his fingers so deep in that he like broke the bridge of his nose from the inside of his own head. Yeah, at first I thought he was ripping his eyes out, and then later that that other whatever the pathology woman who works there is like, oh no, he like broke his skull like so hard or something. I was like, what? How? Damn right he did. If you guys were to actually investigate the spreadsheet that's in my Google Drive, you'd find that that's a high that's a high percentage kill. Skull skull breaking. That's a that's a seventy percent. Yeah. So. These these robots are efficient. These robots are efficient because Cochrane's a good good businessman. It's hardworking man. He's not gonna make a crappy product. Yeah. Also, yeah, don't waste your time. Yeah, I just want to say, like, who just some guy just walks into the hospital, just walks into someone's room, and just murders him. Like, who's monitoring this place? Like, what what hospital are we in in like Northern California that's just like so lax about letting anybody walk up and just murder people in rooms? Treble, you clearly never saw Halloween 2. That's already been established at this Is point. It? I clearly yeah, have not seen Halloween 2. That's a classic horror movie trope where the like, hospitals just aren't staffed, yeah. apparently. It's just like, no one's there. I've been in a hospital, and there's a lot of people there. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and this is, a, going back to the classic horror movie trope, this is the classic movie where these robot men are walking at a very moderate pace, and there's people running at full speed. That can't catch up with them or can't get away from them at any given time in this movie. Yeah, I just wish that there was a movie or like a or even like any of the Batman movies when they turn around and like you know he disappears, but they turn around a little bit too quickly and they're like halfway like they're sprinting and then they just stop. They're like, uh, turn back around. Uh, well, anyway, Doctor Dan wakes up from his drunken stupor after hearing the nurse screaming at uh, Harry's dead body. And uh, chases a suited man out of the hospital towards his car, but he can't stop him in time for the suited man just throws a bunch of gasoline on himself, lights the match, uh, quickly turns into a mannequin uh, right before blowing himself. <laughs> Tim, Tim, that's a that's a high percentage kill, right? Well, that's a high percentage kill, guys. Okay. <laughs> um, so after just being scolded on the phone by his ex-wife for not, you know being able to watch the kids due to a murder-suicide at work. Uh, he does take the Halloween mask <laughs> that uh, Harry was holding on to. So then you cut to the next morning, October 24th, and you meet Ellie Grim- Grimbridge. Oh, guys, real quick, before we go, I took a list of all the fucking names I heard in this movie. <laughs> Ellie Grimbridge, Dan Chalice, Minnie Blankenship, Conwood Cochran, <laughs> Conwood Cochran, Blankenship. <laughs> Buddy, oh, like Buddy Cupfer, Betty Cupfer, little Buddy Cupfer, my personal favorite, Marge Gutman, and, and the female coroner whose name is Teddy. Jesus Christ. These fucking names were ridiculous in this movie. Yeah, they're just... This is, like, all those names. It's just, like, you're just making them up off the top of your head, and they're like, it's good enough. Who gives a like shit? fucking alphabet soup. You know, you just oh, get a fucking spoonful of alphabet soup. You're just, like, soup. making a movie. You're like, uh, sure, whatever. Barbara. Marge Gutfuck, gut whatever. I mean, let's be honest. The chances that John Carpenter wasn't, like, locked up in some motel room, like, high on coke in his underwear, like, writing this is pretty low. So <laughs> these, these names actually seem pretty realistic. <laughs> in light of that. 
that. Uh, so, uh, Derek, you'll appreciate a name later on that I'm, I'll drop to. Okay. Um, yeah. But uh, it's, let's see. So, yeah, you meet Ellie, uh, who's the daughter of Harry, or is she? Let's say that she is. Um, well, that's pretty much all that happens that day, because then it's the next scene is October 25th. I will and, say, uh, though, that the car that had exploded was still in the parking lot the next morning. Like, how? <laughs> how is that possible? Still smoldering. Yeah, I was still like, that would definitely have been taken away. Do you know what I mean? No one's just like, well, I guess we can't do anything about that. See you later, chief. You know, just walk away from it. It's now one with nature. <laughs> Let this it be. Is, this is where it lives now. <laughs> we're California. We're extremely liberal with these things. Yeah. <laughs> it's art. Um, yeah, because that's 25th, Dan's uh, talking to this assistant coroner about... Uh, well, he, he definitely had an affair with at some point um, because he's clearly <laughs> fucking everybody. Yeah, he, uh, he kisses her on the lips in this fucking scene. And they talk about dinner, and he's like, oh, you're always good for dinner. He's like, damn right I am. <sighs> Jesus Anyway, Christ. can you tell me uh, any info about this killer that blew up in my parking lot? <laughs> um, but she just says, like, oh, we don't really have a whole lot of DNA because there's just nothing but ashes. <laughs> <laughs> but yet, later on in the movie, she finds a lot of stuff. Yes, she will. Um, but this is clearly upsetting Harry because then he cut four days later to uh, Friday the 29th. So Harry's probably, or no, not, not Harry, um, Dan. Dan. So uh, yeah, it's clearly Dan, upsetting Dan. Chalice. Dan Chalice. It's clearly upsetting Dan Chalice, and he's probably been on a four day bender because now it's Friday uh, the 29th, uh, probably about 10 a.m. in the morning because Dan's at the bar by himself just watching cartoons. <laughs> uh, which. <laughs> That's what I wrote down too. It's but bright, it's, like it's completely bright outside too in the background. <laughs> oh, and, and, and then they they change the channel, and it's fucking Halloween. It's oh yeah, Halloween! I was like, what the fuck is happening? I love that. In which I'm sure everyone in the audience is like, so I guess Michael Myers just is not going to show up in this movie. <laughs> yeah. When when do you think when do you think everyone in the, in the movie theater when they first saw this was like, oh, oh, so this isn't. Halloween? <laughs> so like 60% of the theater got up and left? Yeah. Right, yeah. So, yeah, immediately it just you hear a bunch of squeaks of people just like unsettledly just moving in their chair like, oh, Jesus. It's, it's, just, just it's, like, it's a very meta moment when it's like, oh, wow, like we're watching Halloween within Halloween. Like that's very yeah. bizarre. Everybody gets up and leaves like a speech from the guy from Jurassic Park. <laughs> it's a callback gang. I know, I liked it. Call back to uh, our shittiest quality to episode. Our, to ever. our roots. <laughs> To our roots. To our roots. <laughs> um, yeah, it's also, though, the, uh, this Halloween movie is conveniently sponsored by uh, Silver Shamrock. Now, Ooh. third time you're going to see this commercial. Also, the ad does tell the kids to stay tuned for a special uh, Silver Shamrock event after the movie. But this is a rated R movie that ends at 9 p.m. So I don't know how many kids are going to be watching that. Uh, but we're going to talk more about that later. Uh, the big hole in this movie. So Ellie Grimbridge uh, shows up at the bar to which uh, Dr. Dance goes, Hello. And uh, Dan tells her about what happened before Harry died. And then they go uh, decide to go to Harry's uh, toy store to check out all of his work records. Well, this is there was a period in this scene that... I just hate when grown women in movies call their dad, daddy, or papa. And she calls him papa throughout this fucking movie. And it made me just morbidly uncomfortable. <laughs> um, also, though, 
Papa Harry, he's <laughs> Papa Harry's got a real active uh, life, by the way, because his schedule just consists of one event per day, which are meeting canceled, football game, pick up more masks. Yeah, yeah. And, and why is everybody in this movie going to the manufacturer to pick up their masks? Yeah, that's another we'll thing. We'll I just didn't understand. Yeah, because Cochran's making other people do the work for him. He's a smart guy. He's not going to go ship it to him for free if he can get everyone to come do it. This, I'm telling you, this movie isn't really about this whole fucking narrative about how he has cyborgs and part of Stonehenge. This is about him being a good goddamn businessman. It's like a this is a Horatio Algiers novel set in the 1980s. It's like a guy just right. comes over from Ireland just by his own pluck, becomes a multimillionaire. And Rand is just flicking this. her bean to this one. You know what I mean? <laughs> So, okay. Uh, Ellie uh, does say that she wants to go to the Silver Shamrock factory to find out what happened, to which Dan raises eyebrows and cuts the end to Dan holding a six pack, uh, talking to his wife over a payphone, saying, I'm sorry, but I I can't watch the kids. I got a doctor thing. I don't know what hotel the name is. I don't know. Don't be such a cock block, Linda. (laughs) And he literally does hang up on her, runs, gets in the car with this like 18 year old girl. Yeah, like skipping frolicking. Linda, like I, gotta, I got a live field. one in the line. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> if this was 2018, that would be, he would have a six pack of Miller High Life and a six pack of Mike's Hard running into that car. <laughs> like like a To Catch a Predator episode. If this was 2018, he'd have a book of like uh, affirmative consent uh, questions out. Just <laughs> oh, don't worry about that. Because he'll, he'll get over those consent questions after the fact. <laughs> yes, yes. But we'll get into that later. Um, <laughs> So they're driving up to the factory. Dan's uh, just reading the history of this town and how this rich Irishman bought a bunch of land and made the largest Halloween mask factory in the world. Just to tell the audience, see, this makes perfect sense, guys. Yeah, again, and, the uh, largest Halloween manufacturer, Halloween mask manufacturer in the world that makes three fucking masks every year. <laughs> also, Ellie going, Irish Halloween masks? In California, <laughs> you never know. What the fuck does that mean? Fuck this movie. Like is she is she prejudiced towards Irish people making masks? I feel yes. like uh, Mike. I feel like you were probably <laughs> sure, watching. Yes. I feel like you were probably watching this movie like standing on the ledge of your cardboard house, ready to jump. <laughs> I I I just don't understand what. Why does he care so much about this? Why is why is all of this happening? Like I get it's weird that this guy died, but like. Don't you have a job? Like now he's just like, oh, I'm just taking vacation time so I can go with this strange woman I met to this weird town founded by Irish people or something because well, they made this whole thing about oh, all the Irish came over or whatever. And I was like, what? I ain't- See, I'm a I, detective now. God, <laughs> I, I actually think that it's like I actually you really need to stop drinking, Dan. Because they, uh, Ellie says when she gets to the bar, she's like, oh, I asked some of your coworkers. They said you'd be here. Yeah. So I just imagine that this guy's like one of the best <laughs> surgeons on the planet. But they're just like, you know, he just needs to have some him time. <laughs> Excuse me, is Dr. Chalice on staff today? No. Do you know where he'd be? Um, well, if he's not here, he's at the bar. Yeah. He's getting shit phase watching cartoons. Turn the shit off. I want to watch the high school game from yesterday. <laughs> I mean, his motivations were pretty clear to me. He's trying to fuck this girl. Yeah. I think that's the only <laughs> that's reason why he's, he's just going this dick. in any of this. He has to put in little to no work to make that happen. Ugh. Oh my god! Yeah, I can't wait till we get to that scene. <laughs> yeah, th- I mean, I'm sure this guy's a doctor, so I'm sure he's a very smart man. But he, 
unfortunately for him, his dick is extremely stupid, and that's like where all the brain power goes to. Um, so they're driving around this ghost town, just going a solid seven miles per hour, and all the local mix are just staring at him. Um, maybe it's just because Ellie is like driving the speed of someone who's about to do a drive-by. <laughs> I the, just love the car next to just casually these local mix. Goddamn patties. Max's last name is Healy. He's like, these fucking mix. <laughs> these drunk bastards. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, very nice people. I was, I was there this past summer. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, they do pull up to the factory, and Ellie just chickens out, to which Dan suggests that they go back to the gas station, ask a few questions, maybe get a motel, po- uh, pose as honeymooners, and then real sly, uh, moved by Dan, he goes, Hey, so maybe if you're not ready to ask a few questions, we can just go to the hotel and do stuff. So Mr. Cochran does slowly drive by the motel, um, while this like RV family full of retards just pull up. <laughs> Promptly slamming on the brakes with this kid's bike just flying off the front of the grill. Those are the cupfers. Yeah. So first off, I mean, so this this dad, he's dressed like Gilligan, but he looks like the skipper. He looks like fucking <laughs> what's the dude from Chris, uh, Christmas Vacation? The uncle. Oh, That's Randy fucking, Quaid. Yeah, he looked like he reminded me of Randy Quaid in Christmas Vacation. The alcohol syndrome, Quaid, <laughs> the family. Yeah. God. Uh, most importantly, though, this orange, uh, this orange-haired Sandlot reject is uh, quite the character. I'm sure Tim, like, so I'm, I'm sure that you, like you just knew that this like little ginger kid just had to come in the second you saw him, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm kind of like a self-hating ginger. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like I kind of look at Norman Rockwell paintings and go, Ugh, "Get these freckled fucks out of here." <laughs> so I saw that kid and I was like, "Uh, you know, hopefully he's doomed." <laughs> but it is hilarious. So, like, this kid's a little overweight. He's, like, clearly burning in the 50-degree autumn northern California sun. His face is, like, all scrunched up. And he's, then he's also just giving his mom the finger on his bike for just not wearing a helmet. <laughs> right. <laughs> a kid, uh, again, fucking abort that kid. We've talked about it a few times. Fucking abort it. He should have he been, been smart, gone and asked Mr. Cochran for a fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mr. Cochran has a different job for him. (laughs) God damn it, I hate all of you. (laughs) This town is is so ridiculous. It's one of those classic, like, the whole town's in on it. Like, they're all watching him come in. It's like, don't you think it's weird that everybody in town is staring at you? Like, is this not And they're all Irish. (laughs) So, I I don't know if you guys are... Come on. They're all Are Irish guys, and no uh, one's X-Files drinking. X-Files fans? Uh, oh, yeah. I have yeah. seen the x Yeah, this, this movie, like, all, a lot of parts of this movie seemed like an X-Files episode. Okay. Yeah. The only difference was that the Scully and Mulder characters fucked all the time. <laughs> <laughs> or they were both attractive, at least. <laughs> right. Okay. This movie does really remind me, like, I, I had said this uh, while watching it, it's like, this would probably be a decent... TV show episode or like a mini series or something, but just yeah, as a yeah. movie, it's just it's rushed at the wrong times, it's slow at the wrong times, it's just it's not good. Um, it's like speaking of not good, yeah. <laughs> the opposite <laughs> of good, bad. But uh, um, also, this pissed off lady Marge just comes out of nowhere, wants his Doctor Dan while she's like just huffing and puffing about the factory screwing up her order, and uh, at the same time though, Dan is just kind of like looking her up and down as she's walking away. 
Well, and 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 she comes up just kind of. It just seemed just ridiculous. It, I mean, she walks up. She's like, "Oh, how about them masks, huh?" By the way, my name's Marge Gutman. All right, catch you later. And then fucking promptly dies, and you never see her again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna die now. Bye. <laughs> Well, head direction. See you later. But, like, okay. Before she dies, she gets into bed wearing like an Arabic shawl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. God damn it, this um, fucking movie. So uh, yeah, and so then uh, Dan gets back into the room, tells Ellie that her dad's name was on the register, and then he just says, "I need a drink." We should just <laughs> just ask questions tomorrow. A real hard turn right. too. They were so gung ho about solving this mystery. He's like, "Oh shit, I get the pangs coming again. I got to get my my bottle out and all my all my schlitz that I have as well." It's like, "Oh okay, it's all noon. I need to again, start drinking." I think he's- I think he's just trying to fuck her. He's like, let's go back in the room and have a drink. You know what I mean? This is great. He's like, okay, okay, Dr. Dan, you you got it. I guess you know best. Yeah. Yeah, because he uh, he just weakly suggests to Ellie that he can sleep in the car, and then Ellie asks him if he wants to sleep in the car, to which Dan says, that's a silly question to ask. And Where then they just start sleep, grossly Dr. making Jones. out. Yeah, oh, God damn it. As a green. I mean, this this woman's this woman's dad died like no more than twelve hours ago, <laughs> and she's crawling right. into the bed of the doctor who was in charge of caring for him. Yeah. I have to say, she, she gives, has like she gives a great line. It's after that weird pregnant pause. She's where do you want to sleep, Doctor Chalice? It's like, oh, God, no. That's a dumb yeah. question, Miss Grimbridge. Again, that felt like the slow jazz kicks in at that point, yeah. and we just see, like, full penetration on this movie. <laughs> and then he's, he stuffs his, like, mustache that must smell like cigarettes, whiskey, and, <laughs> and like, polar sausages straight into her face. It's <laughs> <Just> awful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God damn it. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking gross. Tim Tim paints with words is what he does. <laughs> I was about to say, Tim, Tim again. Poet laureate. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. As uh, Ellie and Dan are just shacking up uh, while the curfew alarm goes off in this town, um, you do have a familiar voice just telling everyone to go inside because it's curfew. Yeah. Curfew is from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. So, a little trivia. Who's the person who did the voice? Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. Bingo. Yeah. Five points. <laughs> um, but right after saying uh, curfew is from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., uh, Dan just is walking out of a liquor store in the dead of the night. <laughs> yes. I was going to say, there's this, this curfew is not strictly enforced because no. this and the guy will meet eventually in just this bit. But, like, like why don't you – like, what is the purpose of – like, what is going on? Like, do they not recognize that they're in danger? Like, are these people so fucking dumb they don't recognize that, like, the whole town's on it? You know, like, watching them, there's a curfew. Why does anyone not, not think that's weird? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. There should be a, that should be, like, a, a, a pretty good warning sign for everybody. Like, oh, wait, there's a curfew in this town? Oh, All right. Time to get the fuck out. Place. See ya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should never tell the next town over. Yeah. yeah. Right, exactly. I think really the only reason though for him to go to the liquor store is just because the movie wants him then just to meet this bum that uh, he just starts trading <laughs> swigs of whiskey off of. Oh, which I love the guy says. The it's this fucking sixty-year-old homeless man goes. That bottle looks a little heavy. Can I have a sip? Don't worry, I don't have no diseases. <laughs> it's like, well, okay, I'm a doctor, so it checks out. Here you go, homeless stranger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this is just uh, uh, 
just a facepalm conversation that, that these two guys have because uh, the bum is just saying that Cochran only hires people from the outside of town. Uh, he has surveillance cameras all over the place and uh, some wild shit is happening at that factory. What kind of wild shit you may ask or drunken day may ask? Well, from one drunk hobo to one drunk divorced doctor, I need a dollar to tell you what's going on. Thanks for the dollar. <laughs> I'm going to burn that factory down someday. Okay, bye. Yeah, I mean, th- this, this bum proceeds to tell you that they're listening and watching everything you say, and then curses the guy, says he's going to throw like 15 Molotov cocktails into the factory, and then walks away. He's like, all right, have a good night. <laughs> what Great the intel. fuck do you think's about to happen? <laughs> Again, yeah. this is what I'm talking about. Like, what the fuck is going on? People, it's like, <laughs> things are hitting people, like, right in the face, like, huge information. They're just like, well, see you later. You know, they're just like, cool, thanks for that, <laughs> bye. And they just keep walking. Like, what? <laughs> Big gulps, huh? <laughs> well, see you later. <laughs> well, see you later. <laughs> oh. God, perimeter to perimeter surveillance. Well, see you later. <laughs> That's weird. Curfew, yeah. huh? Sounds like a good plan. City taking care of itself. Bye. Sounds like a great toy town. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, he's just like gets like drunk snake eyes. You know what I mean? Like he has, there's nothing going on behind those eyes. He's just like I gotta get this bottle home so I can drink it. <laughs> I'll do something gross if you give me like five bucks. <laughs> just, keep, just keep the bottle. <laughs> Uh, so this hobo is just wandering through the same junkyard, and it's actually a pretty nice little uh, hobo junkyard setup that he's got going here. Um, when he's just approached by a group of suited men, and he then literally has his head pulled off his body, to then it just rains blood like a fucking busted fire hydrant. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's a classic oh. head rip off. That's what I have. Classic Tim thoughts gag. It's like classic. Great. Tim so thoughts. What? Yeah. <laughs> was that was that is that a, is that a high high percentage kill? Well, uh, yeah, I mean if, if you're if this blood raining down on people on spectators, that's a very high percentage kill. You know spectators. What I mean? Wait, what? <laughs> well, I, you know, <laughs> I don't want to get too far into my personal life here, guys. <laughs> I mean, that's what I call them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, mean, they're, they're charges, Tim charges drunk hobos five bucks to come drink 40s and watch him kill people in his apartment. <laughs> now watch me rip hey, this guy's hey, head hey, off. Hey, 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 guys. This is, this, is a business, this is my business model. This is proprietary information. You can't be disseminating this out, you know? <laughs> Stay out of my business. <laughs> <laughs> so here's where the other good name comes in. I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but the guy who ripped the head off um, his credits, the actor's name is Dick Warlock, and yes. his character name is Assassin. <laughs> Man, they were really just trying to, like, fuck with us. I mean, that guy's real name is obviously not, but even still, there's, like... No, we're it's, just gonna it's clearly Richard down. Warlock. No, no, you're wrong, because I believe, if I'm not mistaken... Well, let me look this up. Yeah, yeah. Dick Warlock actually played Michael Myers in Halloween 2. Really? And now that I'm reading about him, yeah, he was also Kurt Russell's personal stunt double for over 25 years. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> so okay. this guy—that's a real name, Dick Warlock. Oh man! <laughs> when you got a, a guy with a name like that, you can't let him go. You know? <laughs> yeah. He looks like the synth piano player for Yes or Yaz. 
<laughs> yeah. Yes, the band or Yaz, the female uh, hygiene product, right? Wasn't that? Both. <laughs> Both? Okay. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, I've cut back to Ellie just uh, talking to Marge, who just must be a real pain in the ass because she's gone on and on about how she doesn't like to have anything personally shipped to her, and she likes to go directly to the business, but she likes to complain to the supplier in person. Oof. Um, yeah, so then Marge uh, says that the masks suck, and these large uh, microchip silver shamrock pins don't really even stay on the masks. And, uh, guys, this is the reason why just we use child labor from China and just not drunken, overpaid Irish labor from Northern California. <laughs> toy, 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 toy. Let me just what? slap this right on there. Oh, strength time. Okay. <laughs> I mean, who would... Who would legitimately be concerned when they're buying a mask that, like, oh, fuck, the tag won't stay on? That's not what you're buying the fucking mask for. Yeah. No chance. No oh, I need all the, the little pin fell off. I can't use this mask. Yeah, this that's is- exactly right. Cochran knows exactly what's important to the consumer, and that's what he's giving me. <laughs> <laughs> he's just meeting the market's na- need. Ex- exactly. Damn it. Ann Rand, where are you when we need you? Help us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please write us a scroll so Save we can better understand Cochran. <laughs> oh, so uh, this uh, the autopsy re- uh, report comes back, and apparently some dummy must have mixed up the car autopsy with the human one because all they got back in their DNA results was plastic and yes. metal. That's strange. <laughs> what, like, what a what mix-up. Oh, is this bone? <laughs> what? Or is this... Is that, also... I was like, is that bone or is that a spring? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this bone? Isn't, this isn't... Uh, particular area of my expertise, but I will say that a DNA test will not yield the fact that it's something's metal. It will just say it's not DNA. <laughs> <laughs> like a DNA test, does, you don't put like metal into a DNA test and then it goes, oh, it's metal. It's like, no, it's not, it's not testing for metal. Evidently, this car was only 98% metal, so what was the other 2%? <laughs> <laughs> I asked, you know That's not what I asked you to look up, but okay. Uh, so back at the motel, Dan and Ellie just start getting it on after Ellie reveals this hot little nighty, which uh, she must always just have pre-packed in her car because exactly. they didn't come with any bags. They had that why one little like, hat bag. Why, why, why? <laughs> None of this makes any yeah. damn sense. But also, if... Uh, you're the lucky ones like us and actually rented this movie instead of uh, watching it on AMC. You'll have the luxury of watching this gross old Tom Atkins <laughs> sucking on this poor woman's 20-year-old titties for no reason. So, so he, was, he was really <laughs> sucking her tit, right? Like I, I, You could like see... that I think he was really sucking her tit. And they probably... Like, I think so, that, too. That scene, they were like, yo, Tom, that's not cool, man. Like You can't be doing that. He was like, oh, we already got the shot anyways. Or the or the or the uh, the actor is like I don't I'll do a sex scene but I don't want my breasts exposed and Tom's like I can cover that and then he just like puts his mouth on it <laughs> like one of those like sucking fish. <laughs> I can guarantee after that scene was, was like shot the actress was like oh, I really didn't feel comfortable about that can we and he's like just like listen doll you gotta learn what the business is about. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I didn't suck on it hard enough. I think we need to do this again, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> All right, take seven. <laughs> God. <laughs> He's just intentionally just moving his head out of frame. You're like, God damn it. you got to do it again, Tom. It's like, All right. 
Don't you tell me eight times. Yeah. <laughs> if I have to, if I have to. Hey, Harvey, come over here. Why don't you, why don't you get another shot on this? <laughs> I think we need to have multiple angles of me sucking on this titty. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, classic move, though, by Dr. Dan to ask Ellie after they already had sex uh, how old she is. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yes, the to, second time they fucked. It's like to only what she like, says, God. and then she yeah she goes, oh I'm older than I look. Well that's good enough for me. <laughs> now let's just turn off the silver shamrock commercial that interrupted our quiet storm R and B hour, and let's get back to having sex with this possibly underage woman. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, everything uh, about this is just so bizarre. Everything about this, <laughs> just awful, awful on top of awful. So, uh, people at home, you might be saying, well, Max, this movie has a 4.8 rating on IMDb. I'm sure as hell not going to rent this piece of shit or probably watch it on AMC. Uh, so, what's the deal with that microchip you mentioned earlier? Oh, God. Well, that's a very smart and intelligent question that only our audience would ask. Because uh, Marge picks up this microchipped <coughs> pen, takes a closer look, and as she fidgets with it, a bright blue laser beam no, no, no. Just, with sound she, she effects and everything. Well, hold on. Let me just finish it, man. <laughs> Bright blue laser beam sound effects and all just blast straight into her face. She doesn't fidget with this microchip. She plays with it like a fucking chimp. Like she's like jabbing things in it. Uh, like this girl deserved to get a fucking load full of laser in her mouth. <laughs> oh god. I mean it'd be a long time getting that out of my mind. <laughs> Jesus oh. Christ. What what phrasing? Tim paints with words and Paco takes a shit in his hand and smears it on the wall. <laughs> oh Ugh, God! Sorry, Mrs. Gutman. <laughs> I'll fucking laugh out loud. Funny scene though, but it only gets better after Ellie just hears it during sex. Goes, "What's that?" And Dan goes, "Who cares?" And just puts her back. In the bed. <laughs> is like blasted off it's like red eyes like fucking face is gone yeah what the hell yeah someone should care because Marge's eyes are like blood red bugs are just crawling out of her exploded yes. non-existent mouth what is it with these bugs god yeah Doesn't... I don't get the whole thing it's no. like they, oh, people god. turn into like insect piles yeah, like... when they die <laughs> I just don't... the first time <sighs> the first time I ever saw that scene I was uh, I was actually bartending and uh, I just like kept AMC on during the Halloween time. Just I loved it, just having a Halloween movie on in the background. And I, I was like just pouring a beer, and I looked up, and it was just Marge's face, the bugs crawling out of it. And I was just like, "What the fuck am I watching? <laughs> what happened here? What is this?" <laughs> um, yeah, very graphic shot. But uh, what's even grosser is just seeing Tom Atkins' exposed ass Ugh. after that meat wagon comes to pick uh, the bug-infested dead body up. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, <laughs> I think the funniest part about that scene too is you could tell that uh, Tom Atkins, Atkins was sucking in his gut. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was like he pushing that, like, his belt over his like midriff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He is that like you know old timey like you know I'm like this is like a hot masculine body, but it's really not. It's just like you have a barrel chest and a big gut. <laughs> you have broad shoulders that you're born naturally with. You don't do push-ups. <laughs> Right, yeah. It's just like what like Robert Mitchum looks like in every fucking every western. Like yeah. I'm not sure if this guy's fat or not. <laughs> um but you are finally introducing Mr. Cochran for the first time as well, who just assures that uh everything's all over with and this horror show is uh totally done with and you know, even though uh 
you know, Marge's face uh, had a small accident. Um, <laughs> look at the best medical treatment at this toy factory. <laughs> yes. yes. That made no fucking sense. God. Why do that? they not recognize that this is bizarre? Like, do something. Like, like, I'm a doctor, you know. Well, I know, in the toy factory. It's like, well, <laughs> people show up in, you know, hazmat suits to take somebody out. Like, oh, she's fine. We just took a team of 20 people over here to get her out of here. Like, that doesn't sound fine to me. <laughs> well, then later in the movie, they say, like, they say, oh, yeah, don't worry. We flew her to a hospital in San Francisco. Yeah. Wait, what? But you had the best fucking facility here on site. Exactly. Why didn't you do that to, yeah. to begin with? <laughs> yep. Yeah. And then also Dan and Ellie do overhear the men in white jackets just telling Cochran that there was a misfire. So uh, you then cut to October 30th, and uh, the Frozen's overly applied makeup face of Tom Atkins is calling this corner again, just pausing for like three seconds too long before they actually call, which is kind of weird. And... Uh, she again uh, says the body is just nothing but wires and springs, but little does Dan know that the call was recorded. Oh my god, what a surprise! So, uh, later on, Ellie and Dan are at the factory, and after being told that her dad signed uh, signed the masks off, uh, they run into the bumbling, dimwit family uh, who are there to take a tour of the factory, and the dad asks if Dan and Ellie can join them as well. And this tour fucking sucks. Like, I know this is like 1981, or 82, but like, these tours are straight out of the 50s, and this dad is loving every single minute of it. <laughs> He's their best salesman. Yeah. Can, can yeah. we talk about he, he's going on and he says that oh don't don't you know this guy has the best gags in the game the sticky toilet paper gag which that could be funny the next one I didn't understand at all the dead dwarf <laughs> gag yeah <laughs> Tim <laughs> help us uh, the dead oh the dead dwarf gag oh, let me tell you what that's a low percentage kill but when, when it works it's really satisfying <laughs> I feel like all, during all this so Dr. Dan Dan's like, uh-huh, and uh, can you tell me what paint thinner tastes like? <laughs> oh, man, it's great. Great, especially after dinner. Oh, God. It's dry taste, though. Antifreeze tastes much better. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, then this shitty redhead kid is saying that he wants uh, he wants to wear one of the masks, which is kind of weird since his dad sold more masks than anyone in the country, but somehow he didn't give one to his own kid. <laughs> yeah, Kid's got to uh, earn it. Yeah. yeah. Get a job. Obviously, get a fucking Tim. Thank you, guys. Tim doesn't yeah. even say anything. We're, Tim's just over the microphone. He's just like moving his hands in a motion of just like, and. <laughs> get. Mm-hmm. Up, up, up. Uh, but anyway, uh, Tim's cousin grabs one of these masks without asking, and uh, Cochran <laughs> then goes, Oh, oh, those masks haven't been through the final processing. Here, take this one with the blue laser chip in it. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh, I hope you're, you're an English Protestant. What? <laughs> oh, nothing. <laughs> well, and then they ask him, what the f- what's the final processing? And... Oh, it's just a bit of this, a bit of that. No, he, he says at one point when he's when the dad, the bumbling, retarded family guy dad, is getting ready to walk down this hallway, he stops and he goes, "Oh no, no, no! The final processing involves volatile chemicals." But yet, as soon as that's done, your kid's good to put it on. Yeah, yeah I know. Right on your face. Exactly. Be fine. Oh God. 
I do wish that this entire movie took place in this factory, though, because it is just fucking banana land. <laughs> Once they get to the factory, things just start getting real fucking weird. Um, so as they're leaving, Ellie sees her dad's car parked in one of the factory garages, and Dan says that all the men in the factory look like the guy that killed her dad. So um, Tom and Ellie are then packing up to leave, and uh, Dan goes over to call the cops, but the line is not in service. Cut the shamrock on the TV for like the sixth time in this movie. And uh, also, the operator on the phone is also Jamie Lee Curtis. Well, before we even get to that point, when they're talking about calling someone, Dr. Sexy says, I think it's about time (laughs) to call the Marines. Wait, what? (laughs) We skipped a few steps here. (laughs) Or you could just take reasonable inferences and realize this is all fucked up. We gotta get the hell out of here. As opposed to going from A to Z. He needed Dr. Sadler's second husband. That's what we fucking need. He could get some shit fucking done. I was at the bar the other night. I got his matchbook with the Marines number on the other side of it. The guy said he worked for him. We're going to call him. <laughs> like there, There's at least like four steps before you get to that point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Dan's uh, back at the motel, and the, he goes over back to his uh, his room at the motel, and the door's already open. When he turns his back, a bunch of the suited men are just standing there in a line, and uh, they start just chasing him like Harry in the first scene in the movie. And uh, so the Suda Factory guys um, already have Ellie, and uh, they bring her back to their headquarters. And uh, Dan's still trying to get to the operator, but Jamie Lee Curtis is just keeps on saying that uh, due to Halloween, the phone line is not in service. <laughs> so then uh, <clears throat> uh, Drunk Detective Dan just decides... Uh, nice alliteration by me, by the way. Um, just uh, Thank you. <laughs> just decides to check out the factory and rescue Ellie all on his own. Um, so I, 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 Derek, you didn't like it, but I thought this was a saving grace of this movie. It was just Carpenter's like heavy synth soundtrack mm-hmm. because for the next like few minutes, Dan's just like walking around, just like looking at stuff, um, and then he finally stumbles onto this android uh, old lady, and then he goes to like shake, you know, shake her down for answers, but then he just knocks her head off. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> Just, oh. just useless. And useless, useless. He later says that, oh, that's a shame. This is like an antique from the 1700s. Mm. Why does that yeah. matter? Well, no, no, no. My, my thought process at that point was, he said it was German made in 1785. They did not have the technology to make this in 1785. No. Not even fucking close. Definitely uh, not. Well, yeah, why not? But God damn it. it they're... I don't even think gears was metal a thing then. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, metal was, was a thing then. Can I yeah, for sure, yeah. of course. They the could. guild, the guild age, the gilded age, and all that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, Silver I, age. Metal has been around, had been around for you know like ten thousand years at that bronze point. Bronze so. age, perhaps. Might yeah. just peruse peruse those areas. The cotton gin. <laughs> Thank you, Eli. Come Whitney. on, a little closer to home there. Again, talking about the, the the great job that Cochran's doing, they're pretty efficient in getting these these humans all their internal organs getting switched out for gears and yellow goo. They do that yeah. pretty quickly. I was gonna say, well, I see Cochran. He's like the Henry Ford of like <laughs> mass murder here. You know what I mean? <laughs> Henry Ford. So I think uh, I think he's doing a great job. You know what I mean? Certainly. Yeah, and speaking of yellow goo and wires, so the suit of man starts strangling Dan, but he gets the upper hand and then just punches him so hard through the stomach that he just gets a, just a fistful of wires and yellow goo. And then right after that, Cochran's just right there uh, with a few uh, suited men and starts monologuing about how he knows who Dan is and he's got a busy day ahead of him tomorrow. 
So you cut to tomorrow, which is Halloween morning, and um, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Uh, but honestly, I do think that like the last thirty minutes of this movie is pretty entertaining. Like the only problem is it took an hour to get to this point. <laughs> um, so Cochran takes Dan down to the real factory, uh, tells him that all of his staff are androids and what he's doing is real magic. And just on cue, the camera just pans over to this the stolen Stonehenge block in this lab with just a bunch of wires connected to it. God, that made and what? No the, sense. Yeah, like, apparently yeah. Stonehenge has laser capabilities. Who knew? There's a rock in the there's a what the rocks have particles that are devastating. <laughs> okay. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Alrighty. God. Didn't look that devastating to me, but okay. First of all, uh, it's I was kind like of a, a mashup of like old magic and like androids. I mean, I don't get the link. I don't, you know, why would this like practitioner of ancient of ancient magic and witchcraft be also be like Elon Musk? You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like you either you pick a lane. You don't. You're not both. I do love well, when they try and do that. It's like ancient technologies, but they're being like utilized through modern means. But it's like, why? Why to all of yeah, this? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, what is the value? I understand, I guess, Stonehenge is magic, and it's like, oh, just a little bit of magic stone will do bad things to you. Like, oh. Right. Like, why does Stonehenge equal lasers and bugs and snakes? Yeah, that's a great question. Where's, where's the math? Where's the math there? Yeah, and they kind of just glaze over the how they got it there, too. He's like, you have no idea how we got this here. It was very difficult. <laughs> okay, like, yeah, I guess that us. explains that. No, no, it's okay. Yep. He hit it in a sack of taters. <laughs> <laughs> he said, oh, it was, it was tough to get over, but that, that's it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. well, that's, that's the real story, I feel like. Mr. Cochran, you have a massive sack of potatoes over here. What is that? I'm Irish. We eat the potatoes. <laughs> Don't question me, laddie. <laughs> that's me and my 55-foot potatoes in. <laughs> yes. So, um, also, though, he has a bunch of cameras. Uh, one of them has Ellie tied to a hospital bed. Uh, but what's going on in the other TV just makes the end of this movie fucking awesome. So Dan's looking at the security camera at the dummy family in this test living room. And the Halloween commercial comes on. And the big giveaway starts happening. So the TV says, put on your silver shamrock Halloween masks. And this is when the real magic happens. Because the mask on this kid just starts glowing. Starts to form to Timmy's cousin's face. Slowly starts crushing his head, killing the boy, and then a bunch of bugs and snakes come out of the mask and kill the mom and the dad. Oh, God. Yep. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, it makes a lot it's of sense. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, okay, cool. That makes perfect sense. That's how that's how Stonehenge works. Yeah. Move it along. <laughs> Max, boring. Oh. <laughs> uh, we all know how Stonehenge works, and that's exactly it. So I don't think we need to cover that at all. Thanks, Max. Appreciate it. Next. So eventually every kid in the country is wearing these masks because they get this London Bridges monologue, or no, ex- excuse me, get this uh, London Bridges montage uh, showing just cities full of kids with these masks on uh, while the, uh, the silver shamrock vans are just like bumping the music all over town as well. Well, and, and they say be in your TV at 9 p.m. There are, there are like different time zones throughout the country. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so then the coroner, uh, the coroner is all by herself on Halloween night. Uh, she makes a call to look into these gears and wires in more detail. Uh, but one of the pseudo men sneaks up with an electric drill, uh, shoves her to the floor, and then just starts drilling into her ear. Why did he need the drill? 
we've already established that these men can kill with their bare hands, you but this one needs rip her head off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wh- why why the drill? Also, I I don't know if I missed something, but what was like the 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 the, the moving focus of this? Where like oh, after now after staring at all these like rusted parts, now she understands it's androids. Do you know? Wait what I mean? a minute, these springs and gears yeah. can't be human DNA. Oh my god, androids are... <laughs> exactly, it's like androids... I need a by, second opinion. By magic Irishmen somewhere in Northern California. I got it now. I gotta how call somebody. How you jump to this conclusion? Like what, Let's how? call the fucking Marines. <laughs> <laughs> I need the Marines. All of them. Stat. Yeah. Hello, information? Can you connect me to the Marines? <laughs> connect me to <laughs> the Marines. <laughs> also, the, 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 the mode through which... This android killed this woman was kind of weird. Not just the drill, but like he took a very circuitous route to killing her. Like he opened up a cabinet, got the drill, then went and put the drill down, and then he like grabbed some mustard for a sandwich, and then he like <laughs> forgot what he was doing, then came back, and he's like, "Oh, now I'm gonna drill her in the ear." It's like, uh, what was he doing? That's a. It's a very. It's a very. It's a very linear path to this. Does this go there? Hypothetically, yeah. how would you have done it, Tim? Well, see, a drill's a low percentage kill because it's noisy. People people hear it. You know what I mean? You get it. So, if I was if I was the murderer, which I'm not saying I am, <laughs> just letting all the cops know out there, I'm not. You know, I probably would have gone with a uh, a razor blade. Okay. Okay. Well, let's let's move on. Gets a little I don't too know. Dark. I'm, I'm being asked how I'm going to kill somebody. How's that going to end? <laughs> It's not going to end good, I can tell you that. I thought it was going to have something to do with autoerotic asphyxiation. I thought it was just going to be you holding their hand while they just slowly drift to sleep of just old age. Doesn't that make sense? I like that better. Oh. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a recipe for a great like, horror I prefer that one guys. over the drill. That's not, that's not in my sick brain, though. <laughs> <laughs> Compassion, what is that? Um <laughs> So he cut back to Dan tied up in a chair with a corker and explaining why he just wants to murder millions of children. So uh, he says Halloween is a pagan holiday. And uh, back in the good old days, about 3,000 years ago, when the Irish were still living in clay huts, uh, all the hills just ran red with the blood of animals and children uh, because he's a warlock. And you see, it's about time to make warlocks great again. God damn it. Oh, my God. Oh. So, yeah, Dan is forced to watch the original Halloween movie because uh, the special broadcast is going to happen at 9 p.m. Pacific time, 12 a.m. Eastern time. So this is this is where it's the whole thing. Just everything just crumbles. Yes. I will say, Max, before we continue, I just this is something that's totally unrelated to the movie, but the guy actually quotes from a Yeats poem, William Butler Yeats, about Waddle and Clay. Mm. And I thought, who is this person that wrote this shitty movie? But knows this very famous poem by this very famous like Irish author about building homes of waddle and clay. Like I just didn't <laughs> – I was so amazed. I actually paused the movie for like the first time I've ever done one of these and like thought about it. Like genuinely posed – like thought about like, <laughs> how could someone know this particular poem and then be like, but you know what? What about magic stones and androids? That's <laughs> – It's like what? Totally perplexed Preble. Unbelievable. How can a movie so stupid have such a deep, deep pull? Deep appreciation of late 19th century, early 20th century Irish poems. Like, what the fuck? I was just, 
would love for like someone to like wake Yates up from his slum, <laughs> from his eternal slumber and be like, someone's using your poem in this Hollywood movie. He'd be like, oh, I'm so glad that my work's being appreciated beyond my years. And then they showed him it and be like, uh, burn this, burn this piece of shit. Put it back in my grave. To the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Put cement over it, please. Don't wake, yeah. don't wake me up again. God. <laughs> so um, I guess uh, the the initial uh, script was written by some sci-fi author. Uh, they said they kept about sixty percent of it in, um, and then um, John Carpenter went back to do some re- uh, rewrites because he said it was just it was too boring. And then when they uh, re you know, brought out the script again. Tommy Lee Wallace then made more rewrites, and he got like the sole credit of the of the uh, the movie right. because uh, the author just completely said he didn't write any of it. Like he just denied it all after <laughs> Good. after he read the final <laughs> script. He's like, I'm not associated with this. Don't give me the credit. <laughs> Good for him. So I'm guessing maybe some of that stuff was from him. Um, yeah, but just the whole screaming plot, all of this, just because you know Cochran only wants to apparently kill kids on the West Coast, and just totally forgot about all the other time zones. <laughs> uh, that's what I was sitting there thinking. Like, I mean, if this would have happened, I mean, if it was not, yeah, God damn it, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. No, that's a crucial flaw. <laughs> <sighs> well, kids, after you're done watching this R-rated movie at midnight on the East Coast, make sure you watch this toy commercial. Like, who's uh, nobody's watching that shit. Well, and, and even so, let's let's say hypothetically they were. What kid is going to stop fucking trick or treating to come home and watch a fucking commercial? Yeah, that just god damn it! I love the Halloween movies, and this movie fucking sucks. <laughs> I guess that's why he wanted nine o'clock uh, Pacific time because everyone's pretty much done trick or treating by like eight o'clock. <laughs> but even then, that's still eleven o'clock Eastern time. It just it doesn't work. No. No, no, it's just dumb. It's just a dumb, stupid no. mistake. That dumb, stupid mistake. It is. Well, Dr. Dan actually does something smart by kicking the TV. Just first to uh, prevent himself from uh, turning into a bunch of snakes and bugs. Uh, <laughs> but secondly, just to use the glass to break himself free. And uh, also lucky for uh, Dad Bod Dan, the vent that he escapes through is about 10 feet wide. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of that as well. I'm like, he's a little too yeah. fat for this, isn't he? Right. <laughs> let's, let's just play. Let's, let real be real. <laughs> so uh, Dan's sneaking into the storage area calls his wife and pretty much just says something along the lines of you gotta get rid of all the masks they have lasers in them the kids heads are gonna turn into bugs so no I'm not drunk tell the kids I can't wear the masks no I'm not jealous exactly. hello just click <laughs> oh. no Karen I'm totally in my right mind will you stop asking these questions <laughs> yep. and the wife just hangs up on him um, yeah. So after this, Dan rescues Ellie, and uh, they walk into the only room full of androids and a warlock. Oh, God, I love and, uh, this so much. <laughs> yeah, they do the old uh, snake, no, solid snake routine of just like hiding near boxes and then just walking behind like movable shelves. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. It was like something out of like a Wiley Coyote com- like cartoon. Like <laughs> so uh, dumb. <laughs> I laughed out loud when they fucking did that. Oh, God. Yeah, so then also Dan takes one of these microchip pins, sneaks by everyone uh, to the unattended computer, which he somehow knows how to work, <laughs> turns on all the uh, the silver shamrock, I almost said purple shamrock again, uh, silver <laughs> shamrock videos, and then uh, he just finds a bunch of fo- boxes full of these chips, which apparently, you know, he didn't want to use to kill even more children, but uh, and just makes it rain like he's at a strip club. Well, uh, Cochran is just standing there, just watching all of it, while like all of his staff around him just die in a circle. 
Yeah, I just wrote down laser rain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was Prince's second draft of uh, Purple Rain. <laughs> that's, not pa- that's why Paco knows it so well. That's right. Came out right around the same time, too. <laughs> you never know. I mean, he could have written this the, that song based off of this movie. He is the sci-fi writer. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Prince wrote it originally and then disavowed it. Okay. I like this. Yeah, he's a poet. This, this movie does seem like a Prince fever dream, so... <laughs> so yeah, Cochran then just uh, gives Dan a round of applause, and then some super shitty special effect, uh, effects happen that just involve that laser rain. Uh, and then the lasers just bounce off a of Stonehenge, hit Cochran, which I guess he then like turns into stone for a minute and then just disappears. <laughs> that's so that's what I wrote closure down. on that. <laughs> I wrote down it turned him into Mount Rushmore. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, why? <laughs> I, why? I had to look it up. Happen? I'm like, what happened? <laughs> I just don't. I didn't get it. I don't understand what the triggering event is. Like, I get it. They they shower them with those pins or whatever, and then they're like, "Oh, well, because the pins are there, but they're not on the people. That's good enough." Like, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, so Ellie and Dan are then driving away, and Dan's saying that we need to do something about these commercials because they're still on the radio. But Ellie isn't saying much, and then she does just blankly look at him. And then tries to rip his face off while also just purposely making Dan crash the car into a tree. Yeah. Sure. Thankfully for Dan, he's a professional drunk driver, so he's probably done this before. <laughs> Why? So he just easily stumbles out of the car. Why did Ellie assist him with all this, like, death and destruction? Yep. And then, uh, god damn it. Yep. Why did she help him destroy sense. the factory if she yes. was an android the whole fucking time? Which I, it's I, like I that Blade Runner question right there. I, I just went... <laughs> I just went back to our group text because I thought I'd ask this. And at one point, I, I texted you guys. I said, I wonder how many times Preble is simply going to ask why in this podcast. <laughs> Probably a couple times, I'd say. <laughs> the just, answer just a, a lot. She, she got that Dr. Dan thick stick. Started making her question who where her loyalties lied. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want this gear or that gear? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that was... I, I I saw that happen, and then I was like, "Did you actually say anything previously?" I'm like, oh, I guess she didn't. And then I was just like, "Well, sure, yeah." Like, apparently, <laughs> whatever. She, apparently, you make these people into androids somehow, but whatever. <laughs> you know, that's fine. I guess. Don't At this point, the moves on. It's over. Yeah. Fuck it. Oh yeah. yeah. So he stumbles out of the car, sees Ellie's ripped arm, just hold, still holding onto the door, and then she just comes out of nowhere, like all these androids do, start choking out, choking Dan out, like all the androids do, choking people, uh, with the one good robot hand that she has, until Dan grabs a crowbar and then just knocks her head clean off. And then you get this and like, there, and there we see a low percentage kill, <laughs> the front strangle. That's the proof of my theorem. And then. The application of a high percentage kill, which is a crowbar to the face. So, <laughs> tell you what, I think this wrapped the podcast up pretty well for me. <laughs> I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah, Tim just disconnects from the call. <laughs> All right, guys, catch you next week. <laughs> I, I said my share. Um, <laughs> That Dan also does have like an evil dead moment with this like one hand just trying to like choke him out and he fights that off too. And then they just kind of overdo it with the same attached arm again grabbing Dan and he fights that one off again. Just like, okay, enough. Like, how many times is fucking hand gonna come at Dan? Yeah. How many times is he gonna let this happen before he runs away? <laughs> it's just, I feel like this 
whole scene was kind of a summary of this movie. It just it just won't ever fucking stop. Yeah. yeah. Fuck this guy. Yeah, thing. with uh, Ellie just blinking at him. Yeah. Like, okay, this is just how I feel too. I'm just blinking at him too. Yeah. Um, Dan eventually does get to the same gas station that Sammy Davis is working at. Uh, gets on the line with the TV technician demanding to pull this, uh, the Silver Shamrock commercials. And uh, this is, I, I do have to say, like this is the best acted scene by Tom Atkins. Is yeah. like right here. Like he actually does a really good job. Um, also, one of the best endings of probably any like horror movie I've ever seen. Just due to how, like, how unexpected it is. Uh, so just got to overlook the whole fact that a group of random kids show up this rural gas station at 9 p.m. to go trick-or-treating. <laughs> also, again, again, at this point, the movie's also over. So. Oh, God. Jesus. Well, uh, it, it, and the thing, so going back, I mean, not too far, but when 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 uh, the, the main character, where Dr. Sexy is... Try, like getting away from Ellie's corpse, or whatever. He looks at his watch at one point, and it shows he's got ten minutes till nine. And he like takes a deep breath. He's like, and slowly starts walking away. I'm like, dude, you got fucking ten minutes to get home and save your fucking kids. Like, get the fucking move on. Uh, it, he looked at his watch and it's like, I got ten minutes left. I think I think I got time for a drink in there. That's <laughs> so what I was thinking. <laughs> It's hilarious. He's like sprinting by the liquor store, and then he like just they they, they keep the camera on the liquor store, and then he just like comes back in the frame, like runs into the liquor store, runs back out. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, and while he's trying, <laughs> while he's trying to prevent this nat- national disaster from happening, there's three kids in there, all wearing these fucking masks. At no point does he go, "Hey, kids, fucking take those masks off real quick, grab it off them, do something." Yeah, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah little shit. The one kid that just turns the TV on without asking. Yes. <laughs> he keeps changing the, the channel. Yeah, little fuck. So uh, Dan's begging to pull the feed. The first station goes blank. Whew. That was close. But then the kid turns it to the next station. But the commercial gets blocked on that air as well. Well, that was close. But oh my god, this is 1981 and there's not one or two stations, but three whole TV stations to choose from. <laughs> bam, so, bam, bam. <laughs> Bum, 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 bum. So, <laughs> so the final scene of this movie is Dan just pleading over the phone to pull the last station, screaming "Stop it!" over and over again as a commercial is just flashing from Dan's face to this jack o' lantern on the TV, and then with one final "Stop it!" the movie just cuts the credits, presumably killing a third of the TV viewing West Coast audience. <laughs> Halloween three. Mercifully, the movie ends. I did love that ending, though. Yeah, I was going to say, for a bad movie, that's probably the best ending they could do. So I'm glad they did at least that. Brutal. Fucking brutal. Not expecting it at all. Yeah, so, all right. That's the movie, guys. Let's just skip the trivia. Okay. (laughs) Move it along. (laughs) Done enough of it in the beginning. So let's just get into the questions. Uh, Who was your favorite and your least favorite character in this movie? Uh, well, I think you can. You guys could probably guess who my favorite character is. Oh yeah, it's Mr. Cochran. <laughs> He's a real American. He's a hardworking guy. He's a good businessman. I think people should be paying him more due. You know, for making jobs for the goddamn Americans. And then uh, I would say my least favorite character is uh, Dr. Dan's wife. I think she needs to lighten up a little bit and let Dr. Dan be who he is. <laughs> The lovely Nikki just made an appearance. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Hey, Nikki. Hey. Um. 
Yeah, so I guess I would, you know, this being one of my favorite movies we've done so far, I guess I would have to say, I guess the gas station attendant, because he's the only one with, like, a, a head on his shoulders. He's like, oh, <laughs> shit's going down. Well, see you later. And he just runs out the hospital <laughs> like a regular person would. He's like, bye. Like, I'm not going to stay around here. And I like him and him just being, like, a regular person. Uh, who do I dislike the most? I don't know, man. Can I, other than the rest of the movie can I say that can the movie itself just this <laughs> un, this unyielding the essence stubborn block of just reason being hit at it and then just being rejected immediately yeah I don't know that was that was a lot yeah <laughs> my, so my favorite was also going to be the gas station attendant because I thought he was absolutely fucking hilarious like even at the end when the doctor's walking past me he's like hey hey do I do I know you yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I guess I guess just to buck the trend, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Doctor Sexy because that guy is slinging some fucking baby butter all throughout this movie. <laughs> I mean, he's he's all the women love him, all the uh, all the all the women want him, all the men want to be him, uh, all the robots want to be him. Yeah. Um, my least favorite was probably Tim's cousin. Wise. A, a valid choice of uh, yeah, a wise choice. Well, he got what was coming for him for being born that way. That's right. That's what I yeah, I agree. Soulless yeah. little fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Run hell. Yeah. Um, so my favorite, I'm gonna say uh, same as uh, Derek Doey, Dad Bod Dan, uh, <laughs> Tom Atkins. Uh, he's doing the best with what he's got to work with in this, and I feel like he's just kind of playing himself, just like abs- ass grabbing sixty year old black women. Uh, just really only thinking about <laughs> drinking beer and banging broads. And, uh, I just do find it hilarious that he stumbles into this mass murdering big brother corporation ran by like a three thousand year old warlock simply just because he wants to fuck this mildly attractive grieving girl. Uh, he's a real hero, real anti-hero. Yeah, it's like good decisions made all around. And uh, my least favorite, um, I'm just gonna say the silver sham, uh, the silver shamrock commercial. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't need magic to kill people with that fucking song. Just incessant. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna play a commercial that many fucking times in a movie, at least make it tolerable. For for Christ's sake. Next question I'm gonna say is: Would you rather have a 10 minute phone call with Dan's wife or pick up Tom Atkins bar tab on a Saturday night? <laughs> Yikes. Bar tab. Bar I'll take I'll take the I'll take the push. I was gonna say, yeah, the, Definitely bar tab. Yeah, bar tab. That woman, or even like, was like, "Hey, I'm being interviewed by the police because there was a murder in my hospital. Like, I can't believe you won't come home." Da, 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 da. It's like, come what? on, lady, you piece of shit. Maybe sad. he's like a you know what? Crap. Being like, yeah, no, I got a doctor conference, aka banging broads. All right, I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? You know, what? I think you guys. Yeah, are it's a gynecological here. conference, if you know what I mean. <laughs> She's like, Why do you keep saying these things to me? <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Why do you keep on saying that? <laughs> I think. Oh, let me make it a little more clear for you. I'm banging this young broad. <laughs> it's way better than you ever was. It's like, oh god. Yeah. Well, I think you guys are onto something. I think uh, I would go with the bar tab too, just because there's no fucking way Doctor Sexy is awake. At night. I mean, he, he's fucking doing his drinking during the fucking day. <laughs> like a goddamn adult. That's right. Yeah, he's, he's passed out after the, the seventh uh, the seventh Wile E. Coyote cartoon comes <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> uh, all right, well, if Mark Wahlberg was in this, what would he be confused about? If this is about Ireland, why are we in Boston? <laughs> 
Why did the fucking trees killing people? Why is it fucking masks? No, no one's even having it. Okay, that's enough. God damn it. That was terrifying. Alright, well, gotta go, guys. <laughs> so the girl you had, se- I had, uh, had sex with was a robot, or did, like, did you turn her into a robot? Hey, why are you turning into stone? You didn't answer my question. Come so, back. So are you, you going to let me have sex with a Wait. real underage girl in this movie, or what? <laughs> Because I don't like them more. Oh, your name's your name's Cochran? Do you know Jimmy Cochran? <laughs> From Adam Street in Dorchester? <laughs> I really like what I've done in this town. There's only white Irish people here? Yeah. This is the ideal community, hey. I see. <laughs> I see one Asian guy over there. I gotta go take care of this. Hold on. Hold my beat. <laughs> Give me that mask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, unlike IMDb with an easy 0 through 10 score, or on Tomatoes with a certified fresh percentage score, we decided to make our own scoring system. So, guys, what would your score be? Um, I would give this uh, four GDP percentage points raised by Mr. Cochran's <laughs> wonderful business acumen out of uh, out of two um, two terrible minutes of having to listen to that commercial. <laughs> well, I, I would give this... God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, I, I would give this five sexual assault claims out of six ice cold Miller High Lifes. <laughs> Alright, okay. Um, I'm gonna give this... I'm gonna give this movie at least 377 wise, God oh wise... Over one quality William Butler Yeats poem that was inexplicably dropped into this movie. <laughs> Thank you, Lake Isle Innisfree, for being a good part of this movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to use fractions on this one. I'm just going to give this one raging hangover full of snakes and bugs on the 1st of November. <laughs> All right. I like that. <laughs> Right, well, anything oh, else you guys want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, go Red Sox. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Well, that's the show. That is <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, see you later. Uh, also, let's let you know we we did we did uh, start a Facebook page, so you can search us by our name or uh, tdbackrow.pod. Uh, we're also on Instagram at tdbackrow underscore pod. And if you want to write into our mailbag, you can reach us at tdbackrow at gmail.com. How many pieces of mail have we received? We've received zero pieces of mail. (laughs) So thank you, fans, for listening and writing in. All right. (laughs) All of our our Japanese listeners, konnichiwa. That's actually probably true because it's like morning there, so it would be konnichiwa. Wouldn't it be? Or whenever they're listening to this podcast. Oh, yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't know how to speak that weird language. <laughs> this Thank week. God this isn't live. <laughs> yeah. We be doomed. I'm sitting here in Gettysburg dressed in my Confederate blues, for God's sake. <laughs> Confederate, Confederate blues? Confederate grays, for God's sake. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, I showed up to the wrong war. Wait, no, not the wrong war, the wrong side. Yeah, I'm actually uh, I've actually signed up to uh, to participate in a uh, you know a reenactment tomorrow. You know, midst of the battlefield, we're gonna take it. Just ordering a Papa John's on the battlefield. <laughs> Hold on, it's Stonewall. Give me a second. I gotta get this Papa John's. Hold on. <laughs> hey, Domino's does deliver to hot spots now. You know.
All right, well, thanks for listening. Stay tuned to our final week of Halloween, in which uh, we're going to be watching Hocus Pocus. So, ladies, be prepared to get really pissed off. So, until next, uh, next time, just remember, don't trust the Irish. Goddamn right. Bye. Bye, guys. Uh. <laughs> we can't even we can't even end the podcast like that it's just like <laughs> that, that, no, Fuck. no fucking way it's over thin done well i also think i read something that it was basically like people like didn't like this initially but now when they like look back on it as like a standalone in a sense that's what i thought was interesting when they were like watching halloween like it was real meta like oh like we're actually are just in like the halloween universe but like you know it's not like we're following like this canon line so yeah that was i guess was kind of cool but i didn't realize mike myers wasn't in this until like halfway through and i'm like oh, i don't think he's showing up <laughs> yeah that's the first time it's i saw this movie too terrible. They, they got yeah. they got into the factory i'm like well he's gonna show up now right like yeah. he's gonna be in the factory, like frozen, and he's gonna come out or something, right? Yeah. Nope. Or like the volatile chemicals. I was like, maybe that's him. Maybe he's got like toxic Avenger arms on. I don't know, but no. So nice little uh, homage too. So for uh, Halloween H two O, which came out twenty years ago, so they should have called this new movie Halloween H two O Part Two or something. Or H four O. H two O two O. H two O H two O times two. But there's a scene in that movie, though, when uh, all the kids are trick-or-treating and Jamie Lee Curtis is walking by him, and they're all wearing the three masks. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh. So I thought it was kind of cool. It's not bad. I like that. Yeah. I don't know. I this mean, retrospect... sucks. I, I, the movie does suck, but I did feel like once the movie ended, once you think about it in retrospect afterwards, and like that movie wasn't that bad, just because I feel like the, the ending was just so good. Yeah. I disagree. And he was yeah, I was gonna say that was probably the most successful way they could have done that ending. I mean, it just none of it makes any goddamn sense. It's not good. Not good. Not, not good, very bad. Not good. Not good. Not, not gonna good. do it. Not, not gonna it. do it. Read my lips, not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh.